Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going really, really good. Okay, so today we are chatting about The Opposite of You by Rachel Higginson in today's episode. But first, mom, what have you been reading and watching? <laughs> um, well, reading, I have right here. So last week we did Hosed. Yes. And then I read Hammered and Hitched. Yes. Both delightful books. Yes. Um, you know, Crime Solved by Raccoons. As they do. As raccoons <laughs> do. As raccoons always do. And um, then I read The Opposite of You. And spoiler alert, now I'm reading the one that comes after. Oh, The Difference Between Us. The Difference Between Us, yeah. Um... I have more than you this week. Uh, so last time we recorded, I was finished. I was I had started Hitched. So I finished Hitched, and then I read Heartland by Serena Bowen, which is the latest in her True North series. Um, and that was really good. Um, it's kind of new adult, I would say. Um, but I really liked it and was just reminded how much I love that series. Um, and then a listener, Sarah, recommended in the Facebook group a book called Kiss My Putt by Tara Civic. Um, and it's a, like, golf romance, which never read one of those before. Uh, but I loved it. It was a ton of fun. Um pretty spicy, which wasn't mad at. Um, and yeah, highly recommend if you're looking for like a fun kind of summer-ish golf romance. romance. Yeah, golf romance. The only golf hey, romance I know of is Happy Gilmore, so. <laughs> Listen, the, and like, I know nothing about golf, but I was on board. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I read King and Tyrant by T.M. Frazier, Mom is not allowed to read those books. Um, I liked them. They're a bit too, like, oh, we're so bad and we're so, you know, I don't know. And it's some of the, because there's a lot of, it, the plot goes, like, bonkers. And sometimes it gets a little jump the sharkish, but it was engaging and I enjoyed it. Um, and then I read The Opposite of You, and I am now halfway through The Difference Between Us by Rachel Higginson. So, maybe that's a little bit of a spoiler, <laughs> but, um, and then watching, we've been watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. We finished Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. We and finished we, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. And um, we watched the interactive episode for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which mom hadn't seen. And that's a lot of fun if you like, it was very like that cute. show. You need to finish the show before yeah, you, you watch do. the interactive one because yeah. it refers to things that happen in the show. Yeah. But that was lots of fun. We've been watching a lot more of our BuzzFeed murder oh, shows. We've been watching uh, What We Do in Shadows. Yes, What, what We Do, do in, in the shadows, shadows, the TV show. Highly recommend the movie if nobody has seen the movie. Um, it's hilarious. And then the TV show has also been highly amusing. Very entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about what we've been watching. Yeah. Okay, let's dive into this book. Let's dive away. We? Um, t 
Today we are talking about The Opposite of You by Rachel Higginson. It is the first book in her Opposites Attract series. It is followed by The Difference Between Us, The Problem With Him, and The Something About Her. Uh, here is the back cover description for The Opposite of You. I'm sworn off men, all men. Famous last words, right? You're expecting some epic tale of reluctant love and my dramatic change of heart? Well, you're not gonna get it. I'm stubborn and headstrong, and I've just survived the worst three years of my life. After escaping an abusive boyfriend to live in hostels and cheap hotels while I worked my way across Europe, I've come to two conclusions. The first, now that I'm back home, I'm going to squander my expensive culinary degree on a food truck that caters to the late night drunk crowd. The second, I'm going to prove to the bastard across the plaza that my street food is better than his f fussy five course monstrosities. Killian Quinn might be food and wine chef to watch out for, he might have a Michelin star, he might have every food critic in the city wrapped around his two large fingers, but he's also pretentious and unbearably arrogant and the very opposite of me. So he can keep his unsolicited advice and his late night visits and his cocky smiles, I want none of it. Or him. I want the opposite. So mom. Hmm. What did you think of The Opposite of You? Ellen? I loved this book so much. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I also loved this book so much. It got me in so many places. Their yeah. relationship, they were both adorable. Flirty banter. The food. The food. Oh my gosh. It's basically like food porn. And mom and I are, you know, like dieting and such right now. And I was just like... Oh, I want a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> oh or I my want gosh. a Cubano, or I want all of it. So Street I tacos. Chicken and waffles. Even when it. she screwed that up, I was like, I'll still eat it. <laughs> it all just sounded so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was, you know, romance thrown into that. So. Yeah. So what's not to love? Romance on top of food <laughs> for people who are dieting. Ew, wow. <laughs> um, that yeah. sounds incredible. I loved it. Um, it's kind of slow burning. Sort of. Um, it's not like a Mar Mariana Zapata, but it's... Well, it's not a 500-page book. It's yeah. a 300-page book yeah. with a slow burn, so it's um, not super slow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, enemies to lovers, flirty banter galore, um, and, yeah, it was... I just... I loved it. And even... I think we're going to talk about some, like, quibbles that we had, but um, they didn't... It wasn't Piss anything. Me off yeah, to the it wasn't anything bad anything. because I just really I gave it a five stars on Goodreads. Yeah, um, it was really really good. Yeah, I I thoroughly thoroughly. I think it was a good it. in between. You know, we talked about how some books are too angsty that we've read. Some books are super fluffy that we've read, yeah. and it was just a really good in between. Not too angsty, not too fluffy. It was just really a fun food read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she does a, I really may want to watch Top Chef, first of all. Um, but she did a really good job of, yeah, kind of balancing these, she's got heavy topics in there, yeah. right? While still keeping it light and fun. And, um, so yeah, like, yeah, like you said, it's a really good in between. Yeah. Kind of. Well, their relationship is really fun and yeah. it starts out where you're like, oh my gosh, she's such an a-hole. But she turns that around. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you think, before we get into Killian, what did you think of Vera as our heroine? I really liked Vera. She was a little broken. 
Yes, and she was was, um, trying to deal with that as best she could and coming out of an abusive relationship, which was some physical abuse, but I think it was mostly like emotional and manipulative abuse. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Is that a thing? And um, yeah, because I think that is more what broke her than the physical stuff. And then the physical stuff just seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back. And um, I just really thought she was really pushing hard to improve her situation. She, I was amazed at how much she had accomplished at such a young age. I mean, she was, she'd gone to culinary school. She was in this horrible relationship for two years. She went and toured Europe for a year and then she came home and bought a food truck and it started. And I thought the food truck sounded delightful. And I liked the idea of, you know, feeding these people who are drunk and need some food so that they don't get hung over too bad. But still doing it with like, (laughs) Some some flair, yes, and, definitely. Um, quality to it, uh, yeah, and yeah, all of that food sounded amazing. I wanted all of it, even when she screwed it up. I wanted it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really loved her. She had a lot of stuff to overcome, and uh, she doth protested too much sometimes. Um, where I'm like, girl, seriously, <laughs> like. Look at this guy. Come on. Are we really going to go there? But I think it worked because, you know, like we said, she's got some some stuff. And I never want to, like, question someone's journey when they've gone through that. Um, but really, once Derek showed up and, and Killian came and kind of helped her through that, she opened right up to him yeah. and, and shared. Because, I mean, he knew there was something going on with her. Yeah. But... And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, I actually, sh- I was really impressed with her as a fictional character, um, for being able, like, as soon as she was in, she was in, right. and like, she didn't, you know, I was expecting a lot more like, oh, but I don't know, maybe he's not the right one. And, and I don't want to tell him my, my story. Yeah, and she was, and she was really like healthy about all of it, I thought, you know. Um, and yeah, she's got some trepidation heading into it, but like once she was in it, she didn't kind of pussyfoot around, which I really appreciated as a reader. And you guys know that if anything was going to, you know, set us off, it was going to be that. If they didn't communicate. Yeah. Um, okay. What did you think of Killian Quinn as our hero? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So he's a dream. Um... He is definitely in the running for Book Boyfriend of the Year. Because... Well, they describe him amazing. Yeah. Like, um, uh, just the whole gosh. thing. The beard, the tattoos, the everything. Yeah. The motorcycle, all yeah. of it. It's just like, all of oh, it. I'm yeah. just like, Ugh. And then he cooks. And I was just like, oh, gosh. Yeah. When she, like, I get that because uh, she, like, has that scene where she's watching him cook and she's just getting, like, all turned on. And, like, even as someone who knows not that much about food, I would still be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want to hit that too, and I can't even see it, but I, I get where you're going, girl. And, um, yeah, and he just, like, oh, are you hungry? So he whips up steak and eggs, and they're all fancy, and it's like, yeah. yes, yes, I am hungry. <laughs> yes, Killian, for so much things, but I'm he hungry. was just so supportive, and, yeah. you know, and supportive in, I love the way he's like, yes, you can do that, because you're amazing and you could go run that restaurant but you know don't pigeonhole yourself because you could even do more yeah yeah 
he's support and she she mentions this a lot. He's supportive, but he never like you know, lets her give herself shit, you right. know, and like and he also, I mean, in a lot of ways he's her worst critic, but right. um so but he always and it takes her a while to figure this out, but he does it because he knows what she's capable of and he knows, you know, what she can be. And so yeah, he's supportive in especially the way that she needed coming out of that relationship. Right. Um, because she was going through a lot of self-doubt and, you know, that she, you know, she had two years built up of this guy just knocking her down and especially in a lot of ways, but especially with her cooking. And so for him to come in and be like, well, and they point this out in the book though, her ex-boyfriend had been knocking her down in order to manipulate her and to kind of put her under his boot mm-hmm. kind of thing where Killian was, you know, giving her criticism in order to help build her up and make her better. And so that therein lies the big difference between yeah. the two men. And, but she just kind of saw him as being a bully and being hard. And she's like, I'm not taking that crap anymore. Which and in fairness, yeah, you, you, you would. would. <laughs> it would piss me off. Yeah. I mean, I was pissed off for her in the beginning. And then later you're like, no, oh, he's just being a sweetheart. <laughs> oh, damn him. <laughs> um, yeah. And cause, and as Killian points out to her, he, her ex-boyfriend, Derek, was being a dick to her because he recognized what she had. And right. he needed to control that so that he would always have, you know, the upper hand in that relationship. And especially as Killian and her move along, he is always kind of there beside her and wants to, you know, help her food truck succeed and help her succeed and... You know, and that takes us to what happens at the end. Um, but yeah, so he was just amazing. And he, so he's supportive, he's protective, and yeah, the protective thing was... Yeah, and he's nice, dreamy. And he's dreamy. And there's something wrong with me because his, like, brand of sweet but also an asshole, like, just totally works for me. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like me. <laughs> Okay, I don't know if I'd call you sweet. Uh, oh. oh, but I am an asshole. Is yeah. That it? yeah, so you've got that going for you. So I'm halfway there. Yeah. Wow. Life goals. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh, really just delivering on all fronts. Um, okay, so let's get the unpleasant stuff out of the way and talk about the portrayal of abuse here. Um, we've touched on it a bit, but what did you think of that element of the book and the portrayal? Well, I I liked the, her um, overcoming it. I, I liked how she, like, at the beginning of the book, she wouldn't talk to anybody about it. She hadn't shared it with a lot of the people in her life because mm-hmm. she was ashamed and, and she was ashamed that she had let herself be treated that way. Yeah. And Which I I get that. You would. Yeah. 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 And um, it's not something you would want to admit to. And... Uh, so I, I got where she was coming from, but then to watch her progression and watch her kind of realize, okay, by sharing this, it helps these people, you know, yeah. rally around me and, and help me and support me. And, you know, that's really something I could use right now. And yeah, we've, and we've talked, we talked about this a few times cause we've read a few books that have this element in it. Um, but, uh, 
I really liked this portrayal of, um, and this has also happened in a lot of books that we've read, but a strong woman can still be abused. Right. That's the whole point. In fact, you know, I mean, I know a lot of abusers go after people that they see as weak, and this guy did because he pulled her when she was young, yeah. and, you know, he was a lot older than her, and he was very obviously... And more successful, and yeah. so she saw him as someone who could help her career, and yeah. and he that's what he advertised himself as, too, but yeah. then he kind of started... Um, but just to... Uh, yeah, to, like, see her come out of that, and, um, you know, she she does go through a journey that we see in the book, and I think Killian helps her see a lot of... I really liked the moment when she's kind of freaking out because it was the chicken and waffles thing, and mm-hmm. she was like, I'm awful, and he was like, okay, let's take a breath, and let's figure out, you know... Yeah. Oh, gosh, she was so sweet with Yeah, and, and, you know, like... Where are these insecurities coming from? Like, what is it that we need to attack because right. they're wrong? So, you know, and I just really liked that moment. But, um, I don't know. I just, I thought, uh, the whole abuse thing, because he, he did get physical. He slapped her a few times and I think, he, you know, grabbed her grabbed aggressively her a few times. Um, down by her hair, that kind of thing. But, yeah, like we said, it's kind of the emotional and, and mental things that seem to have the biggest effect on her. And I thought that was really accurate. I mean, I had a a girl that I wasn't even friends with, but um, she lived down the street from me. And she called me and my roommate at the time, and she asked us to come over so she could talk to us. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And we went over, and she just told us about how she needed help because she was in this abusive relationship. And he had isolated her from all of her friends and family, much like Vera in this book. And so, yeah, that's how it happens. That's, I don't know like how calculating these people are, but that's just this pattern of abuse is isolating someone and then just, you know, systematically beating them down. And the whole thing about making them feel like they deserve it or making them feel like it was their fault or making it feel, I mean, that's so textbook. I mean, that's, you hear that so often. And um, even, but even she said, she says, well, I wasn't, you know, I didn't even feel like I should say anything because I'm not as abused as other women yeah. are. And then you're like, oh, but honey. Yeah. <laughs> she she says, you know, like, in the grand scheme of abuse victims, I'm not the worst case. And it's like, yeah, you're not. But... It doesn't like, make it okay. Yeah. And and, and she recognizes that. I, I really liked coming... Uh, kind of meeting her after she's had this year sabbatical, which obviously right. kind of reinvigorated her... Y- you know, love of cooking, but also kind of gave her a time to take a step back and realize, like, okay, this is what he did to me. Um, well, and she'd done some healing, but she wasn't all the way healed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I thought, in I thought it was handled really well and um, kind of showed a different degree, you know, as compared to like long shot or something where right. it's horrific. Well, and <laughs> abuse. we, and we witness all, I mean, not witness, but I mean, we read through a lot of the yeah. abuse. Yeah. And so we didn't have to do that here, but, um, but still it's just, no one should have to be yeah. in a relationship. Varying degrees, varying degrees of abuse, but still like traumatic and, 
um, obviously leaves a mark on our characters. And um, yeah, so I just thought it was handled really well and portrayed and good to see a portrayal of it because I think that it's always important to talk about the varying degrees so that people realize that it, there's more to it than just, you know, hitting and some and stuff right. like that. So, um, okay, enough of that. <laughs> what did you think of the progression of the relationship between Killian and uh, Vera? I, I loved it. I loved um, how he started out and she just was like, oh, he would just irritate her and, and he'd send spies over to get her food so <laughs> he could critique her food. And the whole thing with the salt, she always used too much salt. My like, favorite was the parsley with the, yeah. when she's like, I want you to take this cup over him, throw it in his face <laughs> and say, uh, make it rain, mother effer, or something like that. Uh, and, and he didn't, he just took it over and gave it to him and told him what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Wyatt. I'm supposed to throw this in your face and say, yeah. Um, yeah, I loved their confrontational flirting, and I love how even though he did criticize her food, we would get these snips of, you know, Wyatt saying, like, he doesn't hate your food, he loves your food. Like, yeah. And Ezra saying, like, oh, so you're the chef that my chef can't stop talking about, and just stuff like that. And so, she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and also, even snippets of things that he says, where he's, well, at one point he calls her chef, and she's just like, ah, like yeah. her head explodes. And, um... Then when he says the thing about your meatballs are the best thing I've ever tasted. And yeah. she's like. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all just really sweet. Um, and I do love also when she goes to his restaurant and then writes the bad review. And that scene is funny. But also that's when we kind of start to see more. I think we, we've started to get signs of his insecurities as well. But, um, you know, he, he does take it, you know, even though he's this highly acclaimed chef, he still takes it to heart. Well, one thing this book did, did is, even though it made me, like, want to eat all this delicious food they're making, it made me not want to be a chef. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a lifestyle that appeals to me. No. The hours seem horrible. Yeah. The stress seems unbearable. And um, so I'll just yeah. stick with being a retired school Mom teacher. Mom needs to watch some... <laughs> yeah. There you go. Mom needs to watch some top chef, so she uh, can get no, it. I'm good. I don't... <laughs> Mom, that one is good. And the food, gosh, it makes me, it, I, I was watching a lot of Top Chef when quarantine first started happening and, you know, I'm sitting there with my carb mania that was like going around, on around me with all of my snacks and stuff and I'm just watching them make beautiful food while I'm heating up like Hot Pockets and crap like that. Um, yeah, so I, so they are kind of enemies to lovers, but Basically, from Jump, we, I mean, not just, also because it's a romance, but also because right. it's obvious well, that he is kind of fascinated he, with her. Yes, he's got a thing for her from the get-go. Yes, yeah. And she sort of does, too. Because, well, at least, like, physically, because right. she, like... Well, because... Because... Yeah, listen to him. Because look at him. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, okay, what did you think of the climactic conflict? Because in my mind, there isn't much of no. one. No. In fact, even the Derek story is just like, you're a douche, so go away, and we're going to get a restraining yeah, like, order. I'm going to get a restraining order if you don't leave me alone. Right. And... However, I, I kind of liked it. I liked not having 
you know, a mustache twirly villain, even though Derek was kind of that, but he was, yeah. you know... Even he went fairly quietly. Well, it's not like he, he kidnapped her and... No, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was afraid there was going to be some big melodramatic thing, but yeah. it was really all just geared towards progressing their relationship. It didn't... And, um, you know, Derek seemed not very stable. Just the fact that after she'd left for a year and he's still hunting her down, it's like, dude. Well, and it was, uh, it was nice to know that, you know, Killian says like, no, it's, nobody likes him. It's right. It's well known that he's a dick, you know? Um, so that was kind of therapeutic. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned this earlier, but there's not much of a conflict and I like that. Basically, when they start getting physical with each other and start committing to each other more fully, there's not that moment where it's like, oh, but I don't know. You know, probably it would have been from her part. It's when when they start, she's like all in, basically. Well, and I really kind of liked, I don't know, you guys know me, I'm old fashioned, but I really kind of liked that they literally fell in love and had told each other that they loved each other. And, you know, kind of decided that they wanted to go into business together before they ever even had sex. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh Um. (laughs) Well, I always like that it's not like, oh, it's the sex that, you know, made me love you or it's the sex that made me want to go into business with you. I I like that that's the the sex is good and that's fantastic, but that's not what's driving the relationship. Yeah. Um, No. And. And she, like I said, she had really healthy approaches to, um, you know, I wrote down this line. He a- hadn't asked me to trust him. He'd always just been trustworthy. He hadn't needed me to need him. He was just the man I need every single day. And she kind of goes on. But, um, you know, because she initially does not want to be with Killian because he's another chef and, you know, another arrogant chef. And she's like, I've been there, done that. And it did not go well. But, um, you know, she realizes, okay, he's, yes, he's another arrogant chef. But, like, there's more to him than that. And well, he, he's got a kind heart. And, yeah. and he's got insecurities, And too. he supports her. And he's respectful. And, um, and, yeah. And so that she begins to think, realize that, well, from the outset, he looked a lot like Derek, um, that there was, you know, more to him that made him like the complete opposite of Derek. That's one of my quibbles that I need to mention is they keep talking about how she, even in the end, she's like, he's my opposite. And I'm like, but no, he's not. Like, they're not that <laughs> well, different. I think she thinks that in the beginning, but. But she still said it towards the end of the book. And I'm like. You guys are not opposites. Well, there's nothing wrong with being opposites. I have a feeling your dad and I are pretty opposite. No, well, you're opposite in some ways, like your interests, but not in your, like, life goals and things like that, right? Well, that's true. Um, And your senses of humor and things like that. I'm funny and he laughs at me. (laughs) That works for me. That's important to mom. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i so while there's not much conflict i liked the absence of conflict i did too i and i didn't need a big grippy yeah and it felt like 
they were entering a healthy relationship. Whereas sometimes I do not feel like that with our main characters. Okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. So this book is pretty mom-friendly. It is. Um, the reason I said we're going to talk about that, I'm calling foul on he gets her off twice and is just like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> that happens a couple times in, uh, I mean, that happens frequently in romances. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. But... Especially in this book, it was noticeable where I'm like, really? And then waited weeks. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. you know, we're good. I'm drunk tonight, so I'll get you tomorrow night. Yeah. It wasn't anything like that. It was like weeks later. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, so I am going to say that that did not ring true for me. But um, I, the sex scenes were pretty hot. Yeah. Like when they... On a, I, I hope they cleaned that counter. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Well, it was funny when he, like, fingers her and then um, goes oh, yeah. and cooks and food and he washes his hands, hands and he's, like, looking at her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, pretty mom-friendly for the most part. It is slow burnish, um, and so, but yeah. I'd, I was calling into question the timeline of activities um, as they occur. Well, you don't know. You don't know things. You don't know everything. That's true. I don't. That's very true. But, yeah, that was, it was nice of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, good work if you can get it. Right? Um, okay. What was your swooniest moment? My swooniest moment, and I'm not going to remember exactly how it was worded, but when... She's, he's talking to her and he's telling her that he loves her and he's trying to talk her into maybe opening a restaurant with him. And, uh, he's like, you're, you're in. And then, and, you know, anyway, he's referring to her being in his heart and and I can't remember exactly how it was worded. Her hand on his chest. Yeah. And, um, I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, I did too. In, that was a good one. In true slow burn fashion, there's a lot of like little things. Little things that there were is. so good. Um, there's like the when he's helping her make the tzatziki sauce, and he's kind of standing behind her, and like she just kind of leans back, back into, into him, him a little bit, yeah, and that was nice. Um, but I think what I'm going to pick as mine is um, when she's watching him cook in the kitchen, and he's getting that dish ready for the reviewer that he's all nervous about. And she goes and stands next to him, and they're, like, looking at the food, and they just kind of link pinkies while they're talking. I was just like, that is so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't want to be super demonstrative in the kitchen, but... Yeah, I thought that was, that was just what worked for me this time. And, um, yeah, and I think in keeping with the slow burnness, it's just a little thing, but it was really... Well, and I love, the banter was... Yes. Amazing. And yeah. my favorite line was after he kissed her, I can't remember, but they were conversing and, and he's like, well, what do you think? And she's like, I thought you'd be a better kisser. So I'm just trying to deal with that right now. And he's just like, Ugh. Well, he's like I guess I'll have to practice. I guess we'll have to practice. <laughs> but yeah. that line made me laugh out loud. Yeah. They, um, yeah, there was a lot of good, a lot of good bantery, flirty lines. I just loved, I love the whole thing of them kind of passing these notes 
back and forth yeah. across the street <laughs> and having Wyatt just like <laughs> waiting to get past notes. It was like very kind of middle school, but also it was funny. Um, okay. We're going to take a quick break because we have some business that we need to take care of and we're not going to do a B topic necessarily. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll be hearing what the listeners thought of this one. So stay with us. Hi, I'm Laura Von Holt from the Mermaid Podcast, part of the Frolic Podcast Network. The Mermaid Podcast is, you guessed it, all about mermaids. I cover everything from mermaid legend and history to mermaids in pop culture, movies, and TV. My guests include mermaid experts, mermaid historians, mermaid authors, mermaid charities, mermaid tail makers, and even professional mermaids. Yes, being a mermaid is a real job. So whether you have legs or fins, are a mermaid queen or a mermaid at heart, the Mermaid Podcast has something for you. You can find us at mermaidpodcast.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Oh gosh. Um, I dance for mom when I do it. It's delightful. She loves it. Um, okay. So we had to do a break because, uh, we came out with our fall lineup this week. Um, so we wanted to talk about that for people who maybe only listen to the podcast and don't follow us on social medias. Which you should. Yes, you should. Come join the Facebook group. That's where most of the magic happens. Yes. Um, okay. So this is going to take us through November, uh, which is crazy that we're like already talking about November, but, uh, September 7th is going to be a break week. That is, uh, Labor Day. So we just figured, well, just not have an episode that week. Um, September 14th, we're going to be talking about Real Men Knit by Quana Jackson. September 21st, we're going to read Only When It's Us by Chloe Liese. Uh, September 28th, we are going to read and talk about The Roommate by Rosie Dannon. And that episode is going to be very special because, uh, Rosie Dannon herself is going to be on the podcast to talk about it with us. I hope we like the book. Yeah. <laughs> I read the book actually for her before she started shopping it to agents. Uh, she had me do an alpha read of it for her. So I'm excited to compare a very early draft of it to the finished product. Um, Rosie and I know each other from Texas. Uh, and it's kind of funny because we, she was starting to write the book and I was starting the podcast like at the same time. And so it's just kind of fun that like now here we are, here we are. She's selling she, a book that makes millions <laughs> and I'm doing this for nothing for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm excited to chat with her and that should be a fun episode. Um, October 5th, we're going to read you deserve each other by Sarah Hogle. Uh, October 12th, we are going to do Truth or Beard by Penny Reed because apparently we're incapable of having a list that does not have Penny Reed on it. But this is for good reason because we're going to have my brother Ryan 
and my sister-in-law, Ryan's wife, Kristen, who have both been on the show before, but we're going to have them together to talk about Truth or Beard with us. And uh, we're excited. We wanted, we talk about Penny Reed all the time, so we wanted, we thought that would be fun to have them read a, a Penny, Penny Reed book. Um, so yeah, so that should be a fun one as well. October 19th, we're going to read An Extraordinary Union by Alyssa Cole. Uh, October 26th, we are going to read Don't Hex and Drive by Juliet Cross. And listener Sarah uh, won the opportunity to be on an episode with us. And so she is going to read and talk about Don't Hex and Drive with us. So. She picked that. We let her yes. pick which book she yes. did with us. And so we're excited to have Sarah on, who is also someone that we've met we've before. Met Sarah. And, and we like her very much. She's so. delightful. So we, we're excited about that. Uh, November 2nd, we are going to watch and talk about the 2005 Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Um, maybe we'll watch the five-hour one, too, and do a little cross-compare. We inevitably end up watching both of them anytime <laughs> we watch the other, so, um... And it's been a while. We haven't watched them for a long time. true. Uh, November 9th, we are going to read You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. Um, and I'm excited about that one. Uh, November 16th, we are going to read Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. November 23rd, we are going to read Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev. And then November 30th, we are going to do our free-for-all, which we are also doing next week, but we're just going to close out every cycle with a free-for-all, um, which is, again, where we read whatever we want to read separately from each other, and then we want you to read whatever you read and uh, send us in your thoughts on, do a little book report on the book that you read. Um, even, so, if it, even if it's something that you didn't really like or yeah. DNF'd or whatever, you know. Yeah, let tell us, us know. that. Um, and speaking of, get those in for this next upcoming episode um, so that we can see uh, here and see those. Uh, and then we have an email that I thought I would read um, from listener Laura, and it's about the Ray Kess. She says, hi, I love your podcast, and there are always laugh out loud moments that are so sorely needed these days. Uh, thank you for that. She said, the Ray Kess is on my TBR pile and uh, thoroughly enjoyed the discussion and reviews. I'll give it a go despite the mostly thumbs down, <laughs> but not from us. Right. We, we were like it. the sole thumbs up. Um Anyway, she continues, it was interesting to hear you both muse about Sarah's sexual agency as being anachronistic for the 1790s. I would have agreed with you, but I fell down a rabbit hole earlier this year and found an article about how aristocratic white women in England were open about enjoying sex until the middle of the 19th century with a rise in evangelical Christianity in England. Decades ago when I was studying uh, women's history, I was given the impression the acknowledging women as sexual beings didn't happen until the early 20th century with the advent of modern psychology, suffrage, feminism, and compa uh, companionate marriage among the upper white classes. Uh, let's give a huzzah for her scholarship after 1990 and the internet. Um, and she said, thanks for all the great content. Your show has convinced me to try contemporary romance again and not limit myself to Regency and Victorian romance novels. Um, so then she says, sincerely, Laura. Thank you, Laura, for sending in that note. Um, yeah, I mean, admittedly, a lot of my understanding of women's 
you know, sexual <laughs> awakening um, is from Regency novels and stuff, which kind of give the air of, um, I would, I mean, I would imagine though that that was still pretty uh, closeted for the most part and maybe not as voracious, but maybe not. And Laura's going to now send me a note about how that's wrong. <laughs> um, but thank you, Laura. You're and um, thank you to all of you who send in notes and participate on the social media stuff. Um, we've had a lot of, like, we've gotten a lot of uh, social media activity this week with the new fall lineup. And so people excited to read those books with us. And we are excited to dig in. Yes. And get started. Uh, on the fall lineup, it's crazy yeah. that we're in the fall because this year has been well bonkers. You know, can't wait to see twenty twenty go. Yeah. People keep saying stuff like that though, and I, you know, it could be twenty one is worse. So yeah. you know, let's just you know, let's not could be still dealing yes. with it. Um, and on that note, yeah, uh, on that cheery note, uh, we will see you for the next breaks break segment. Keep interacting on social media. Keep sending us emails and we'll keep reading them. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. Um, thanks for going through that little break with us. Um, and now we are going to listen and read to some of the things that the listeners Thought about the opposite of you by Rachel Higginson. So first, let's hear from listener Catherine, who sent in an audio recording. Catherine, you're our new favorite this week. <laughs> um, thank you for doing that. So let's take a listen to that. This was a nice book, and the couple was very good. I did think that maybe instead of him hating her right away, he could have thought oh, she's not a threat, it's a food truck. And then once he tried the food, that's when he would get really angry. But no complaints, really. I really liked it when he introduced her to Joe at the farmer's market, and then Joe tracked their hand-holding. Yeah. And they're cute together, likable. Okay, but the real reason that I had to do a voice recording today instead of writing in a normal Facebook comment is because I have a lot of thoughts about Wyatt. And in fact, I have a pitch for how he would be a good hero for this story. I know he gets his own um, story in book three, but here is my idea for Wyatt being the hero of this story. So it would still be opposites attract. He's a sunny, lovable sous chef who wants to impress his big time chef boss. She's a well-traveled, world-weary, new small business owner who has impressed a big chef, big time chef before, and she never wants to go back to that. So there's Beauty and the Beast vibes when she kidnaps him, and um, she, you know, when she has to bring, he has to bring the food back to the restaurant. She mm -hmm. actually goes to his birthday party in this version, and they have a great time and make out in a laundry room or whatever people do at parties. I don't know what this whole coronavirus pandemic um haven't really been to a party ever <laughs> yeah so they fall in love roll credits and i know he gets his own book but you have to wait until book three and then when you read this whole book and molly is not the one for him either and ezra's great too but you're like okay but wyatt is right there and yet you just don't fill anything for him okay fine fine and then you get to his book and then all of a sudden He's this grumpy alpha, just like the other two guys, even though that's not really him. 
Like, he's the sweet sunshine, Wyatt. Where'd he go? And so this just reminds me of how I've heard in, that in Hollywood, some of the handsome men have trouble getting parts as character actors or sidekicks or, like, Ryan Reynolds had to cover his face in order to get a comedic role. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes one character just really outshines everybody else, and that's just how it is. This is a good book, though. Thank you for that, Catherine. A uh, good point well made. Yeah. And, um, yeah, starting into the second book is when Wyatt starts to kind of transition into his more broody alpha hole persona and I was I'm also kind of like but that's not the Wyatt from book one and I liked that Wyatt um I'm 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 gonna read I think the rest of the series because I am curious I think across the board nobody is ending up with who we thought they were going to end up with um from book one because mom and I were like well maybe Molly and Van are gonna end up together but then it became clear that Molly and Ezra were going to end up together. Once and... they didn't like each other, I knew they were going to get a yeah. book and wind up together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I listen, I'll, Catherine, you write that book, and I'll <laughs> read it. Uh, but Well, it yeah. sounds like she's got a movie plan. Yeah, so. she's got a whole <laughs> cinematic experience ready for us. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, like, my favorite hot guys are ones that are also funny so i i'm fine with hot men being in comedic roles i do have to because she mentions um like when killian is messaging her as J- james q yeah and um telling her you know what are you thinking opening a restaurant and i think i didn't think of it as mean as much as you know what's your thought process here what and I totally got that she, because if he's got a restaurant where you have to wait six weeks to get a table, they are not anyway yeah. having the same clientele. Well, and I kept wondering why she didn't say, like, I'm going to scoop up those people that when they can't get into your restaurant, right. come across the street and eat at my food truck. Which makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Like, especially if they're getting out of bars and, you know, hungry and want something to eat. They're not going to want to have to go to some fancy schmancy sit down five course meal. Yeah. They just want something quick and you know easy yeah. to eat. So, yeah, yeah, I completely got where she was coming from. I never saw that there was a crossover in their clientele whatsoever. So yeah, um, yeah. And if Catherine, if you have not read book two, book two, there's a lot. I mean, everybody questions Molly as to like. Why are you not dating Wyatt? Why are you not dating Van? And I'm like, yeah, why are you why not doing are you that? Not? <laughs> they seem like nice boys. And she's just like, oh, they're just my friends. Or he's like a brother. And I'm like, okay. It's Ellen's <laughs> favorite kind. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Love that. Best friend's brother. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Let's uh, read some thoughts from other listeners. Uh, Marcia says, I enjoyed this book. I see Vera and Killian's romance as a sizzling slow burn filled with deliciously sharp and spicy notes, nutty salt jokes, and hot spies. Marcia really leans into this, like, (laughs) the food uh, food aspect. Uh, She said, what I don't really get is Killian's initial extreme online and offline hostility towards Vera's food truck, or for that matter, how his approach would have been any different, as he claimed, had he known about her father being sick. Foodie was obviously targeting a a different clientele, like she said, and there was plenty of other restaurants around as well. However, the story left me hungry for more. We can all... 
we all can feel a juicy story for Fruity Molly and Briny Ezra coming from a mile away, but I think uh, both Robust Wyatt and Tender Van deserve their own fluffy stories as well. Um, I love it, Marja. Derek left me with a pungently bitter taste in my mouth. Can we please provide him with a spot in the bad guys bracket just so we can roast him properly? Um, yes. Yes. And then she adds, sorry, off topic, speaking of bad guys and food one can roast, did you know Kip, like engagement and espionage, Jane's, Jen's father, is the Dutch word for chicken? Thought that was funny. Off with his head. <laughs> that is funny. Wow, that and is I wonder funny. if uh, Penny Reed knows that. I would be curious. Um, yes, Derek deserves a spot on the bad guy villains bracket. And um, I love all of your food descriptors here for the characters. Um, yeah, we just talked about, uh, like, his treatment of the restaurant. And I also didn't entirely get that, why he was angry about their competing, because I didn't really see them as any sort of competition to each other. Not at all. Um, and I think she didn't either, and that was part of the problem. Um, but thank you for that delightful review, Marcia. Um, Kristen says, I adored this book. It was one of my first reads of 2020. I think I read it in one sitting because I just couldn't put it down. Their enemies to frenemies to friends to lovers was great. It was a good combo of snarky humor while still having an element of angst that I apparently need in all my romances. Yeah, like we said, it really balances a lot of different tones here. And I would have read it in one sitting if mom wasn't always making me watch TV with her. Um, um, excuse me. <laughs> I'm not going to watch those shows alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jennifer says, I read this book two years ago and remember the basic plot, but nothing too specific. My Goodreads review says, meh, low on the three spectrum. Uh, there was some cute things going on here and re some really annoying things. Usually I get annoyed when characters get stuck in their own heads and become repetitive in thought. Um, I will not agree with that rating, but I will agree that some of the internal well, and we even little... said, you know, we were afraid that she was gonna like drag that on and on. And luckily, I mean, there was some of it, obviously, where she, I can't date him because he's just like my ex boyfriend, and my ex boyfriend was horrible, and all men are horrible. And, and she did harp on that maybe like one or two too many times for me, um, but I felt like it got redeemed by how much she did not quibble over it in the latter half of right. the book. Right, and, and especially once they really started getting into each other, and, you know, she was, she moved forward. Yeah. And um, so that didn't hold me back too much. But uh, I do, though, I was worried when I was reading. I was like, gosh, if she drags this on, I'm going to be disappointed in yeah, her. Yeah, likewise. Um, Cassie says, I adored this book. I felt like the love story between Vera and Killian was so well developed and fell into place naturally like a real relationship would. The build-up and tension between them was palpable and executed perfectly. There was just the right amount of a glimpse at the side characters to make me interested to read their stories in this series. As soon as I finished this book, I read the other three books in the series, and I liked all of them too, especially the last book. Uh, Vera and Killian are featured quite a bit in the last book too. Because, spoiler alert, the last book is her brother. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to read. I might, I've been a reading fiend lately. Alan definitely goes in spurts. I mean, like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. I have to read every book ever written today. Yeah, I do. Um, and so I'm excited to read the rest of them. Um, 
And yeah, I basically agree with everything Cassie said there. Natalie says, I really enjoyed this book. The food descriptions made me drool like the yes. entire book long. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Um, sometimes the inner monologue would get a bit, bit repetitive, but overall I really liked the characters, even if I found Killian a little unnecessarily harsh at the beginning. I liked the slow development of both the relationship and Vera's ability to overcome her past. Um, I agree he is unnecessarily harsh in the beginning. I will say, um, if you watch it, like, enough food programs, chefs are not known for being the nicest people no. like all i mean especially i mean even the women like if you watch top chef it is a i mean it's a cutthroat like they talk about in this book it's a cutthroat industry and so they all are kind of assholes a little bit and especially like to each other yeah um Granted, I'm seeing reality TV, but there is that. I mean, that's like a stigma of chefs is that they're kind of assholes. Well, um, I, I think if you're running your own kitchen and you want perfection, like if you've ever tried to get, like when people come to help, let's say I'm making Thanksgiving dinner and people come to Thanksgiving dinner and they're like, what can we do to help? I've got everything in my head of how I'm going to have everything put out and do everything and, and it's almost harder to have people help me. Mm -hmm. So if I do have someone help me, I have to say, well, you have to do this, but I want it done this way. If you, you know, you can do this, but you have to do it this way. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get, and I'm not even a chef. I yeah. just like cook family for me, cook dinner for my family. But um, I, I get it. If you were running your own kitchen and you had in your mind, it's like you're an artist and people want to help you do your art. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you can help me do my art, but I want it done this way. Yeah. So that it comes out, because it's my name that's on it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I get it. I mean, I yeah. get why they would be that way. And it wouldn't be easy to work. Also, if you guys have not seen the movie Chef, like, th that is, like, the visual embodiment of the food descriptions in this book. Because I, when my, my dad and I went and saw that movie together, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so, like, we had just eaten before, and I left, like, hungry. It the other one that's really good is the Hundred Foot Journey. That one has a lot of oh, beautiful yeah. food in it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want some food movies, watch some food <laughs> movies. Um, and Ratatouille is good. Yeah, <laughs> but it's animated. So. <laughs> what are other food movies? Uh, Julie and Julia. Um, Carol says, I enjoyed every moment of this book. Unfortunately, it made me want to eat. Everything sounded delicious. Yes. Yes. Carol. Yes. Um, Raquel says, I started reading The Opposite of You with very low expectations after reading some comments, and maybe this affected my review, but I really, really liked this book. I agree with many of your comments, loved the slow burn and transition from enemies to lovers, how their relationship evolved realistically by romance book standards, that is, interesting secondary characters, uh, making you want to read the next book, and even how annoying and unnecessarily long the repetitive internal monologue got at times. Seriously, it would take at least five minutes for someone to reply to a simple question if they thought as much as Vera did. Yeah. 
Um, I would have liked more heat, though, considering we were in a kitchen after all. But <laughs> may I just say that for me, the biggest takeaway from this book is how swoony Killian was. The scene after Vera closes the food truck after Derek's first visit was so heartwarming how he gives her this beautifully validating speech, not because she needed to hear it from someone else, but because Killian is just this man that cares about her. I think Killian is what made this book special to me. I would agree with that, that it, like, is... I'm wondering, I don't usually question this, but I'm wondering if this might be a good one that would have benefited from having a dual POV. Only because then we would be inside his head and know why he was kind of being an a-hole at the beginning. And maybe there's some... Um, hmm. I don't know that this one would work as a dual POV. Usually... Usually when I think that there's reasons why it's not a good dual POV, like the hating game would have been mm -hmm. destroyed by having a dual POV. Um, so, but this one, I mean, we're pretty, it's... I mean, I would like a dual POV just because I want to spend time with him because he's such a dish. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know that it would work, but... But, just a thought. Anyway, um... And you guys are really getting into this repetitive internal monologue. I didn't notice that as much. I don't know. Um, but there is a lot of... You guys, I'm, I'm, I'm starting... Don't hold me to this. Maybe I should tell you guys so that you tell me to keep at it. But I'm starting a draft of... I'm starting a draft of a book idea and um and it is hard to like write dialogue so that it feels like it's coming right one right after the other but still also create sense of place and internal thoughts of characters and it's hard and so uh that's in reference to Raquel's Well, and my only thought with the dual POV is then we wouldn't be listening to her POV over and over and over again because there was Yeah. One. Yeah, I can see that. But I think it just, I don't know. I think it could have, it, it definitely could have been cut down because mm -hmm. I very, very firmly understood how she felt about what she had been through and how she was feeling about herself. Right. Because she did talk about it. I didn't feel bogged down by it as much as some people are, yeah. are saying. I, I mean, obviously, I agree with that. But um, And then finally, singular male listener Jason said, I really liked this book. I thought Vera was a fun character and Killian was a solid hero. However, I didn't really understand his anger towards her at the beginning. But my main problem, and it's very probably because I'm a redneck from Kentucky, is when her ex shows at her food truck and her brother is working and Van doesn't whip his ass. Yeah. If a man <laughs> laid hands on my sister and then shows up at her work, one of us is getting their ass kicked. But that could just be me. Of course, I did like it enough that I listened to the whole series this week. Jason, I am impressed at your, you know... He just... Jason never ceases to amaze me. He crams those books in. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I did like, though, um, how she... When she goes off to talk to Derek by herself, and she's like, seriously, if he lays one finger on me, I give you permission to, <laughs> to come and kick his ass. Um, it also reminds me of... One time we were having this conversation about an abuse situation with my brothers, and my brother, Ryan, he, he was like... I mean, I just know for myself, if anybody, you know, 
Like, if Dylan came in with a bru- bruised eye, <laughs> and he was referring to my brother as opposed to me, because he knew it would piss me off. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, he wouldn't protect Ellen, no. but he would protect Dylan. <laughs> um, anyway, so those are the listener thoughts. Mom, any final thoughts on this book? Um, I loved it. I mean, I get what y'all are saying, but... I loved it, and I'm going to read the next one and probably the rest of them. So. Yeah, me too. Um, also, a, a really loved for me, which we haven't had one of those in a long time. I And like like we've talked about, it might have just been right book at the right time, but um, this was really hitting all my buttons. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, okay, and Killian? Was Quinn. killing it. Was killing it. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, yeah, he is definite contention for Book Boyfriend because I just loved him. Okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Opposite of You by Rachel Higginson. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are Not Your Mom's Romance, uh, which are Not Your Mom's Rom. We also have a new subreddit that listener Jessica is running and maintaining for us, and it's Not Your Mom's subreddit, I think. I'll, I'll get that down better. Um, so if you are a Redditor, go check that out. Um, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On August 31st, we will be doing our No YOLO free-for-all, where we read and talk about whatever we want, and we want you to do the same. So get in audio recordings. I think we'll be the best but whatever you need to do and just so you know we probably we will not talk about our books as much as we do no normally no so we're just gonna do kind of a you know brief a, a quick segment on each book that we read and then we want you guys to do the same and that's why i keep saying book report because you know give a little premise talk about give a quick little review and i think it'll be fun just to kind of add to people's tbr because when you say book report i'm thinking well i can read the cliff notes and then just fake my way through it because that's how i did book reports when i was in school <laughs> and that's why you got the grades you did whatever i did okay <laughs> i didn't really <laughs> Uh, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. I'll see you next time. Yeah, you will. All right, bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.